welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everybody, I'm CJ and let me wish you a happy new year and welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry where this week we're joined by Candice. Hey. Stuart. Hey CJ. And Crystal. Hey there. And uh, to kick things off in the new year, we're talking about 2020 trends for Gen Z, Generation Z. And uh, obviously this is very timely and as youth ministry leaders, we want to uh, stay on top of what's going on in our students' lives and in in culture uh, because if we can't speak their language and if we don't know what's going on in the world, it's really hard to reach them, right? Um, And so to kind of kick things off, well, first I want to mention we've talked about Gen Z before. And if you want to catch up on that episode, it was episode number 26. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But we're kind of picking up, uh, that was actually in 2018. So we're almost two years out from that. And a lot of things have changed. And that initial conversation was a little bit about who Gen, Gen Z is. And now here in 2020, we're talking about where Gen Z is heading. To kick things off, though, I want to start with this question. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear 2020 trends? I feel like I have to be a fortune teller to know that. Like, I don't know. Look into your crystal ball, Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hope TikTok's still around because I've done a deep dive and I can't get out. We work together quite a bit and just about every day in the office, you're showing us some sort of some some TikTok. So like you are you are headfirst definitely in the TikTok world. I may need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I I applaud you for that. That's amazing that you're being that relevant. Well, thank you. I'm also wasting hours and hours of time. (laughs) (laughs) What is the first thing you think about? Oh, gosh, more change. I get stuck on the year. It's an election year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what lies ahead of us by that very fact, experts, there's one side that says that if the present administration stays in office, there will be a lot of emotion and, you know, it could get heated. And then they're, they're, the same experts say that if there's a different administration elected, that it could be just as volatile. Mm-hmm. And I think the generation we minister to, they are they are more politically aware than we realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It affects who they are spiritually, and it certainly affects their outlook on the world, their future. So that, that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of think about like I wonder who who is going to emerge i guess as as influencers that we don't see coming yet mm-hmm. you know i think about in 2019 you had people like kanye who well, like not came out of nowhere obviously but like really became a pivotal figure uh in 2019 and will i'm sure will be going forward but like who is that name that person who uh is you know on our radar a little bit who but who is going to emerge as like oh this person is doing something that's uh shifting culture in a mm-hmm. significant way that we don't don't know yet you know Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i think of when it comes to 2020 um so but why but i guess before we dive into that any further why do we need to be aware of what's going on what's trending in the world of gen z as youth ministry leaders i mean in some ways it's kind of like being missionaries who go into a culture and don't bother to learn about the culture Mm -hmm. if we don't like Student yeah. culture shapes worldview the same way that ethnic culture shapes worldview. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to shape the the things that they value, the things that they think about, the things that they wonder about, the questions they're asking. And so I don't know that we can do our jobs effectively if we're not at least making an attempt to yeah. zero in on student culture. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say, um, because it's our audience. And it's important to know your audience and the things that matter to them, the things that are, you know, um, they're thinking about and the things that are surrounding them and with their, you know, entrenchment. I would I would even go so far as to say that a lot of our responsibility as youth leaders is to be culturalists. We we need to be if we're not careful, if we don't understand to Crystal and Candace's point, then you wind up preparing students to lead and live in a world that no longer exists. Mm -hmm. And to be really, really honest, a lot of the issue in the capital C church is because we keep acting as if it's still the same way it was, mm-hmm. and it's not. And and we do have enough data now because of our capacity to have information to be able to be a bit more of a futurist to some degree. Yeah, You know, it reminds me a lot of when I was in public education. And the, the same issue is the one that we face. Like if we don't know our student culture well, it's really hard to reach them. And I remember my one of my last education classes in college, and it was, to her credit, it was the best professor I had. I mean, she was incredible, but one day towards the end of the semester, she put on the movie Breakfast Club, Mm. and we said, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And she said, you have to know the nature of the beast. And I sat there thinking, cool assignment, I get it. But those kids were in high school when my Mm -hmm. parents were like, Mm -hmm. that was, 15 years before me and I'm supposed to think that that reflects the culture of kids younger than me there's no mm, way right but for as I've gotten older at least I've begun to understand exactly what that professor was thinking for her the time span between breakfast club and the early 2000s was not that long yeah right. and it in her mind that was the nature of the beast yeah. Yeah. and now I'm tempted to do the exact same thing I'm tempted mm-hmm. to watch mean girls and say Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how it is. Every mm-hmm. girl's like yeah. that. And yeah. it's the same distance mm-hmm. in time as mm-hmm. Breakfast Club was mm-hmm. for me. Wow. Yeah. And, yep. s- and even more scary is that we have youth leaders in our country that still minister to teenagers and think about the high school campus like Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. When, they, then the, when the pods have multiplied and splintered and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not the same world. Yeah. And culture's moving even faster than it did when mm-hmm. your professor was was referencing bref- Breakfast Club. You there know were I mean? no apps. There was right. no social it's media. Like it's spinning and spiraling in a way, not spiraling, but like it's moving faster and faster and faster that, yeah, what was trending six months ago is no longer the case now. Right. And mm-hmm. So if 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 keeping your finger on the pulse of what's trending is so popular as, or, or so important as uh, youth leaders, how well, if I can put all of us on the spot, how well do we feel like we're doing at that? How well do you feel like you're keeping up, Candace? I see you glaring at me. How, how, how well do you feel us. like you're doing keeping up with the direction Gen Z is heading? Yeah, you know, and I have no I have no problem being honest here. I'll be transparent, terrible. And a huge part of it is, you know, you, you it's exhausting, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's confusing because there's so much that changes so frequently. Like, you know, I mean, apparently TikTok has been around for years, but it's mm-hmm. just gaining great momentum. I don't have a TikTok account, you know. Um, right. Let me help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do I need something else in my life that really consumes me like that? That's a challenge in which I've always set because me in, in my era, I found the things that I like and they consume my life. And then there's new things that come around that 
our youth are using and it's important for me as a youth leader to connect with them to be connected to those and be aware of those so how much time am i really going to spend engulfing myself in their culture and my culture you know um so i think i'm doing a terrible job because i i've, I've gotten to the point where you know i care but I just don't really have the ability to stay mm. as connected. Um, yeah, people look at me and they they think that I've got on what hoop earrings and red lipstick. Oh, you're connected. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't just assume because I'm a millennial <laughs> that I know certain things because I don't. You know, it's a totally different generation. Yeah, totally. Well, we have full-time jobs. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. They have time to yeah. discover new things that often we don't just because the time commitment it would take for me to learn yet another social network mm -hmm. is a lot. I'm with you. I don't feel like I do a great job and I, I put effort into it. And the more I learn, the more I think I'm doing a worse job. Mm -hmm. Like the, the further I get into certain aspects of student culture, the more I realize, oh, that thing that I thought was serious, that's actually a joke. They're poking fun. It's, oh, now right. it's a parody. Now I have to go find the original and figure out what they're making fun of. And now it, I'm lame. Yeah, right. now I'm yeah, lame. Totally. I'm taking something seriously that they take yeah. as a joke. That's It's hard to keep up with it in that yeah. way. Uh, maybe this will make you guys feel better. I don't know if it will. But I spend an awful lot of time. Part of my responsibilities here, I feel, are to be at least have my finger on the pulse of what yeah. is happening with student culture. And you do a great job of that, by the way. Well, like, I, I wish the world could see the the constant emails and texts you send us with articles about student culture. Well, I appreciate mm -hmm. you saying that, but what I was gonna say to encourage you is that as much time as I do spend, and maybe this is the pushback, I do feel like we don't have the luxury of not doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if youth leaders can sit back and go, well, I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. I do think too, there's a tension and I, f I feel this in what Candace is saying. As people who follow Jesus, we also believe that we have some anchors that don't change. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things we're gonna stay connected to and we can't get caught up in all the cultural trends. But we also don't have the, we don't have the luxury to have principles mm -hmm. as it relates to mm -hmm. this. What do you mean yeah. by that? Well, I'm actually I'm quoting a. Uh, there's a line oh, in the movie shoot. The Patriot where I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> Benjamin Martin is a father. He's he's he is asked, "Are you? I thought you to be a patriot." And he said, "I'm a parent. I don't have the luxury of oh. having principles." And I feel like as a youth leader, we can we can use some things as an excuse not to put our head down and do the work. And you mm -hmm. have to put your head down and do the work. And I feel that because of my own children more than I do, you know, scores of teenagers that we're trying to yeah. connect to across the country. I, I want to be able to know what's going on in my own kids' world. Mm -hmm. um, and I, not to be cool, yeah. but to communicate. I think yeah. there's yeah. a difference. I do feel like I hear that in, in particularly in youth pastor and teacher Facebook groups, a lot of like, Oh, the message is transcendent, so I don't have to worry about culture. And mm -hmm. in the youth pastor groups, it's the gospel is transcendent, so I don't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to add anything to it. And sometimes I want to reply, but I know better <laughs> than to reply in a Facebook right. group. But I want to reply. Well, then why did the apostle Paul even bother to write letters? Correct. If the gospel was all people needed, why did they need translation to understand it in their daily lives? And why did he speak a certain way to these people, a different yeah. way to these people? Because yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah. And I guess for me, I'm thinking about like, so how do I keep up with Gen Z? I do think there are two sides. How well do I keep up with Gen Z? There are two sides to it. And I'd be curious if you to see if you guys would agree that 
there's the, uh, you stay connected to students is one way to keep up with what's going on in Gen Z and you do research and you read articles to stay mm-hmm. connected and mm-hmm. up to date on what's going on in Gen Z. And I, I lead a small group, so I feel like I've got some insight into what's going on in their lives, but I am uh, transparently, you know, to join Candace, I don't feel like I do the, the other side of that really well. Like, I don't know as well the culture in which my students are living in as, as much mm-hmm. as I do their specific lives. And I would guess that some youth leaders lean one way or the other. They're either somewhat disconnected from the students or their, the students in their ministry, but they read a lot. Uh, and then you have uh, leaders who are so uh, plugged into their students, but they're neglecting what's actually going on in culture because they only know what's going on in their their 10 or 12 or whatever students' lives. And I think staying up with what's going on in Gen Z and what's trending requires some of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't do, you, you do a lot of research, Stuart, uh, obviously like Crystal was saying, and that is something that I'm not very good at. But I'm part honest. of it, Part of it is my, I feel like it's my responsibility. So it's not like you need to feel guilty about that. I don't, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I wasn't gonna lose any sleep that you were feeling guilty about that. (laughs) But the other side of it, to your point, is part of the reason why you, it's it's almost like having a map to cross a swamp with a group of people that you're responsible for. Mm. Like we all, we all know we're trying to get are you saying the culture is the swamp i'm trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out too. And to yeah. some degree and we're trying to get across a very precarious area yeah to a goal and every youth leader listening to this or perhaps watching this um they the the anchor is the end like mm-hmm. what what we get hung up on is we think we're there and we're not mm. and and so what what you know being a little more uh, savvy culturally does it allows you to point out the places where we can't i don't think I don't, candace likes your analogy i don't need i, I can't no, go I there like, i, I can't thought. go I'm there to i need it. to i need to go around this you need to think of this this way to yeah. help you get get to where we feel like you need to go you know so i agree with that right um i don't necessarily disagree i think that the the piece where I think there's many as, as many things, there's many different degrees of being connected to something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, me scrolling through my Instagram feed the other day and I see one of my former students and she's wearing wearing an outfit that I probably would have worn in like sixth grade, mm-hmm. right? It, not being connected to a culture would be not even recognizing it, mm-hmm. right? I recognized it and I'm like, oh man, I showed my husband said, look at this, from the clips in her hair to the shoes she's wearing, it was what I wore in middle school you welcome know? back 90s we missed you exactly <laughs> right and and so i recognize it mm-hmm. but am i a, a student of it and am i allowing myself to go down every rabbit hole of memes that come out and social media platforms that come that are available no i look them up to see what it is you know like okay but i don't spend a whole lot of time there and i think that there are some youth leaders who might be seeing different things and completely ignoring it and we cannot ignore right yeah, that's good that's a but great way there to put it. are other people who are like you Stuart, who are just like no, students of it you're making yeah. a but don't make the assumption that i dive into the rabbit hole okay because I so don't. whoever the people are who dive into yeah. the rabbit hole yeah. who are those culturalists and you know right. um those people so they're pe- people who are students of it right um there's a whole spectrum right so just making sure that we're not too far on the ignoring side of the spectrum 
that we're just irrelevant and we're saying things that are just not like yeah. what yeah. right right you know? we're so far on on the ignoring spectrum that you're asking your students to walk you through what's going on mm-hmm. in culture like there is yeah. value in asking and connect connecting with your students about hey what does that mean or what's this right. about mm-hmm. but if you're doing that and they and almost to your analogy, Stuart, like asking them to guide you through the swamp, right. then I, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know what it does necessarily, but like it, there's, I don't know, there's a balance there somewhere. Yeah. Does that make sense? It absolutely it does. does Cause it's a way of allowing students to, to is a way of engaging students in your ministry to navigate culture, but not necessarily mm-hmm. utilizing them as the, being the ones who are driving the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. So can we go back and talk about the research for a few minutes? Because you posed such an interesting question a second ago. You said, is it more important to pay attention to research and articles or to your own students, even if they're only in an isolated community? Mm-hmm. And I've spent a lot of the last couple of years trying to do both of those things. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to the small group that I lead and also to the research. And what I've noticed is the research is, it always seems off. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of reasons, but most of the research is, is from marketing organizations yep. and they're targeting young adults who for the first time have disposable income. Mm-hmm. And the oldest of Gen Z are now 22. So I feel like the, the majority of the research is around them and it's mm-hmm. around college students and it's around maybe their values when I recognize that even my own girls who were in 12th grade seem to be a little bit different than that. Totally, yeah. um, and so I would still say that research is no substitute for diving into the culture of your own students. Yeah. Even if it's just in your community, that's okay because that's the group of students that you were called to. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that you won't learn from an article yeah. that you yeah. will learn from simply asking the question of a student, like what does this mean or what matters or who are you following? Mm-hmm. There are some things like that when I first started working here at Orange, I remember thinking like, I've been out of the classroom for a year now. I'm not in constant conversation with students anymore. What do I do? And so I started substitute teaching on Fridays just to be around them. And it was so incredibly helpful Mm. to just sit in their presence and eavesdrop on their conversations for a little while. The part of me wants to go back and do that now. And to the point you just made, I think your small group and what they are doing versus having a conversation with a group of kids on campus that don't give a rip about God. Completely different. Completely different. And sometimes it's the church kids who are on campus who are completely (laughs) different. Exactly, exactly. And you find out their normal world does not look the way that they look and act and think at a youth group. Right. Mm Wow. Uh, so so let's get a little bit more specific here and let's start actually diving into some of these Gen Z 2020 trends, what's going on. Uh, but of course, the word trends is super huge and broad and there are tons of different kinds of trends. I listed a, a few here in my notes. There are social trends, social media trends, religious trends, dating slash relationship trends, uh, eating trends, which I was reading a lot about I, I with, with it, yeah. uh, for, for the Gen Z fashion trends, obviously. The list goes on. But what kind of trends can or should impact what we do week to week as youth ministry leaders? Like, are we, should we be paying attention to eating trends or the obviously social media trends are huge? Which ones matter in our world? If so, they're, if they're not going to eat the pizza anymore, stop buying it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's kidding, a valid point. I'm, yeah. Seriously, I know. Well, keep going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I yeah. mean, if you want to make it, I'm, I'm going to so, go ahead, <laughs> I guess. Go so, ahead. No, yeah, but so a lot of the young people nowadays are way more into eating a lot healthier than uh-huh. what 
my generation or generations and you know mm -hmm. before me older than me have been you know and within youth ministries we go cheap when a lot of times when it comes to food so we do pizzas you know we might mm -hmm. do hot dogs or things like that and what I, one of the things that as i was preparing i saw a lot of um a new term that i had not been familiar with but i totally get it I learned the term of flexitarian. I yes, read that too. Did that you term. all? I mean, could we all end up on the same that, article? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally understood my son. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's part so of the. Explain what flexitarian. Yeah, is. I will. I will in a second. Um, but but I think part of the. But <laughs> Sorry, I wanted, wanted, Sorry, CJ. Oh, I'm so excited. Talk. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, Candace. <laughs> because I, I think I can't. I mean, don't make her take out her hoop earrings. <laughs> that are not really hoop earrings. <laughs> um, Hold my hoops. <laughs> but back to Stuart's point the importance of us being you know as youth leaders being aware of what's happening in, in within the the trends of our generation it, it informs us of things even as important of mm -hmm. what to put before a student to eat mm -hmm. um if a, if students are not eating pizza because they're really really not into carbs as much you know why are we putting pizza before students a whole life they're not into processed mm -hmm. foods why are we putting hot dogs in front of them you know um if they're flexitarians which means that they are sometimes vegetarians and they're sometimes not you know we're let's, let's not look at it as being youthful and not being certain of yourself just understand it and and dive into it and mm -hmm. navigate it and be you know supportive you know i mean my son i we've he doesn't eat meat some days and he does some days and i'm like you are so confused child you know <laughs> and now i know what i can call him mm -hmm. you know That's what a label, but it's <laughs> these children will be like cage-free vegan yes. no carbs no processed food but drink five monster energy mm -hmm. drinks. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you. Are, I think you're a caffeinatarian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's what you are. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I like that that came up in the research. I can't believe we're starting with, with food <laughs> trends yeah, for 2020. But I think what, what I see, at least in my own group, is they're attracted to anything that gives them a unique label. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they might eat meat sometimes, not eat meat sometimes, but they're more likely to do that if, that, if they can call it flexitarian. Yeah. Or pescatarian, or whatever the the tarian is of mm. the moment, and I think that bleeds over not just into food choices, but into choices in all kinds of mm. political areas, thought areas, religious areas, sexuality right. areas. Like there are all these areas where they go, I just need the most unique label I can, mm -hmm. which is really mm -hmm. hard for those of us that are millennials, right? Because mm -hmm. we just want to be part of the crowd, right? right. Part right. of the movement. <laughs> I just want to be part of this big group of people. And now the kids I serve are like, no, I want to be in the smallest demographic mm -hmm. possible. Right. Yeah. I, to go along with that, I think that we have guys and girls in our schools that don't normally attend church. And it it's already hard for us to build a bridge to those students. But this generation is so socially conscious and sustainability mm -hmm. is such a big deal to them that if they come to your church and you're using plastic straws mm -hmm. and you're feeding them mm -hmm. junky food. Communion cups? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Communion cups to go, like to the go ones in plastic. <laughs> paper communion, yeah, right. paper communion cups. But all of that, like, it could be that they are checking you off because right. you're like, totally. your awareness of what's going on in the world, I think, the research screamed at me there's such a concern and it bleeds into one thing i think we all have to mention at some point today it bleeds it bleeds into the anxiety p 
pandemic yeah, sure. that is going mm-hmm. on. But part of that anxiety is being driven by the fact that they're looking at their world that is collapsing around them. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. as adults don't seem to care about climate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is like interconnected. Mm-hmm. We, we may think it's just silly food and when mm-hmm. you're giving, pe- you know, feeding them pizza, right. but it's interconnected because they're going, you don't care about me mm-hmm. because you have plastic straws right. and you're feeding me pizza. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden also, I know it is kind of funny yeah. that we're starting with food, but in some ways it's also not because it is something they care a lot about. And right. all of a sudden, if we are feeding them pizza and we make a vegan joke on stage, all of a sudden like, oh, they kind of made fun of me or like, oh, this place doesn't get me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? If we're that, if we're making those kinds of uh, uh, yeah. lowball jokes or whatever. Yeah. That's a powerful point. That the really kinds is. of jokes we need, we are making need to be so sensitive to the diversity of the kids mm-hmm. in the room. Because there was a time where it kind of felt okay to make jokes about vegan people because we didn't mm-hmm. know any vegan people. Right, there was right. also a time where I think a lot of people felt like it was okay to make jokes about gay people or jokes about transgender people or jokes about different races. And it was never okay, but it was more common. Mm-hmm. And and now knowing that this generation is the most sexually and ethnically diverse generation that's ever mm-hmm. existed, we at least have to be aware of the fact that whoever we're making a joke about, if we're making a joke about a human, there's a chance that human is in our audience. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and we have to, I'm so glad you both brought that up because as the elder statesman around the table, <laughs> which you guys love to make me aware of, uh, okay, and Crystal, Crystal actually brought this my, to my attention about a year ago, and she doesn't even know she did it. But for the longest time, when I when I would be on stage and talk about girls, I had a certain stereotype in my mind, and I had a mimic of that girl down to a T. And it's just not cool anymore. With the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. how we are looking at feminism and what is mm-hmm. happening in our culture, it's just not cool anymore to stereotype girls a certain way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it ble- it bleeds into what you're talk what you guys are mm-hmm. talking about how we speak about this generation. Yeah, we I mean we really do, and there are old school men and women listening to me, and you're thinking, well, they're just way too sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's the generation that we're trying to reach, and you can't use that as an excuse. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that you said that because that, there's a part of me when I hear myself say it's not cool anymore, when I hear you say it's not cool anymore, it almost goes, was it like, was it ever? Right. Mm. And I think it's not that it's that our current generation is too sensitive or it's pol- a political correctness issue, but more of like, even as believers, we're in progressively becoming more understanding Aware, of how yeah. our words affect people. That's good. You know? yeah. Words create worlds. Yeah, and, and even in that, this is one thing things that I was thinking, kind of shifting the conversation a little bit. So if I'm going too far, put me You're back. Um, but just as we are more informed today, you know, as a people, parents are also more informed too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there's a way more literature out there on resources on parenting. And I think some of the generations coming up today are the students of probably some of the more informed parents. Oh, that's, yeah, so that's a brilliant thought. what does that mean when it comes to um, parent involvement in our ministry, right? If more parents, you know, nowadays are reading more literature and learning how to engage their students and are being more intentional about being present involved and involved in, in their the life of their children in different ways, how does that translate into our ministry? Mm. Wow. That's a that's a that's such a good point. Yeah. That's such a good point. Because we do have a tendency to just we dumb down our ideas of mom mm-hmm. and dad. Mm-hmm. Um wow. and youth leaders 
across the nation, we're just convinced that mom and dad do not care about their kids. And it's mm, just it's not, not true. true. Mm -hmm. We also have racial stereotypes about parents mm -hmm. that we have to lay down. Yeah. Um, I also tend to have the assumption that their parents' age is the same as my parents' age. Mm -hmm. I don't know That's if you great. feel that, but I, sometimes I forget. In my mind, I'm like two years older than the girls I serve. And then one of their moms tells me that we graduated high school the same year. And I'm like, whoa, hang on. <laughs> right, hang right. on. I Can know. a millennial parent? And it's <laughs> it's not uncommon anymore for the, the even the majority of the students we serve to be raised by millennial parents who mm -hmm. had a completely different worldview than the Gen X parents before them. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so I'm gonna kind of rein us back in just a little bit. And I threw out a question a few minutes ago about, you know, uh, there are a lot of different trends, which ones matter, you know, the most or could have the biggest impact in youth ministry. I don't know if we need to go back there um, because can it I, sounds can I, like- Can I speak to one yeah, that you yeah, brought up? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Kanye is, the Kanye phenomenon is something mm -hmm. that we need to talk about. So that was gonna be my next question is like, let's get Your more- question was, well, Kanye? was not Kanye, but let's get specific. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I did throw out, there are social trends, social media trends, religious trends, all of those. And I guess the answer is all of them matter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I really do think it's funny that we we just did a deep dive on the eating trend just a little right. bit. And that might've been the one in the list that we might've been tempted to be like, eh, let's not talk I about literally it. thought, are we really gonna talk about this? <laughs> yep. And it was our opener, that's right. amazing. And we're not even, we haven't even talked about social media trends, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Proof we do not rehearse these conversations. Exactly right. uh, so, oh, there's the bug band. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, for those watching this episode, we paused for a second because there was pest control uh, doing rounds behind us here in the office. And uh, Crystal put on her surgical mask. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, no chemicals, please. Um, all right, so this, the remainder of our conversation might feel a little disjointed as we jump around kind of from topic to topic, but best transition here in podcast history, let's talk about Kanye. So do you wanna talk? <laughs> well, what, here's the, what did you wanna talk about? what I would like to put on the table and for please. us to discuss. Obviously, right now there is a ton of, is controversy the fair word? Is a fair word, or it's he's definitely the topic of conversation. Yeah, among many people, among right. many people, but the religious community especially. Mm -hmm. And I think what it points a light to that we are facing in the future is how do we measure engage spiritual formation and transformation. Mm -hmm. I think this generation we have done such an incredible job of changing the course of theology for them to understand grace and, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And my generation and those older than me are having a difficult time with, can someone like Kanye be transformed? And then you have the, the tension of, is he just doing it for money? Right. All of that plays into this. So I would love for us if we could. Or if he's, is he doing it for the political side of it? Correct. Mm -hmm. Is he, yes, right. But I guess I would, I would, if we want to kind of talk about Kanye a little bit, I would ask, uh, and the answer might be a resounding yes. Are middle school and high schoolers, Gen Z, are they talking about Kanye the way that we as church leaders and ministry people are talking about That's him? That's a good question. Like we're having all these debates about him and his spiritual life and all of that kind of a thing. Are we missing the mark by talking about that uh, if that's not even what our students well, are talking about? I would I, say, ooh, what if we disagree? Let's find out. Say it on well, the count of three. Ladies first. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. 
I don't think they're as keyed up about it yeah. as the adult generation is. I think they either like the music or don't like the music. Yeah. He's a Christian, cool. He's not, okay. And they kind of go on with their lives. Um, it feels like the the outrage and the questions and the turmoil I see come from a generation or two mm-hmm. older than them. Uh, we kind of agree. I, I think- I think, Kind of agree? Well, my pushback <laughs> would be, I hear what you're saying, but when you see how many downloads he sold, that's not that's not adult America downloading that album. So that's number one. Number two, if we're talking about the future, I think it's going to become more of an issue in 2020 because I think more and more teenagers are going to be faced with a mom, a dad, their church, their youth leader going. Mm, that's fair. You're looking. You're looking at him, and there's this. This is what you're professing. This is your actions. There seems to be a quandary. That's mm-hmm. why I was bringing up Kanye. So thinking about Kanye as a whole, right? I was in college when College Dropout came out. Kanye, one of Kanye's albums that really put, was that the one that put him on the map, I think, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Up. Right. <laughs> when I'm new. <laughs> Great, now we have to um, pay for the rights for that song. <laughs> I didn't say Kanye. It wasn't that long to pay for the rights. Um, oh, she a gold digger. <laughs> now we do. Hey, over town. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But no, but seriously, so, he, I was in college when College Dropout came out and it was a major thing. So Kanye mm-hmm. has been really, really big amongst my generation, right? Um, so I know amongst me and in the, within the black community, especially, you know, the way that Kanye is presenting himself in the media by wearing the MAGA hats, Make America Great Again, um, and then c- coming out with, you know, this, this, you know, this, this gospel album or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know within many black homes, or people of color or whoever has been a Kanye supporter, um, I know that it's being talked about. I know students hear that and it makes me wonder how it's informing this generation in their response to him as being a sellout to what they feel, a sellout to the black community. Um, But now he's trying to take this spin. It makes him look like he's um, taking advantage or trying Mm -hmm. to use people. What's the word? I don't know what the word is. Um, Manipulating. Yeah, like he's- Gold digger? Oh Lord! <laughs> You're having too much fun with that. <laughs> but it may, but I know many people feel that way, and it'll be just be interesting to see. As Stuart talked about, you know, this is election year. Mm-hmm. Um, what that what that looks like within mm-hmm. our youth? Yeah, it'll certainly ramp up the yeah. closer we get to the election, yeah, it, the more. Yeah, I think no matter up. what reason why different generations are talking about him for whatever reason, I mean for all of these reasons, mm-hmm. all of these generations are kind of talking about <laughs> no, him in different ways. It is, and is that is why I I do think uh, this was a great place to start. That this is this will likely be a big trend in 2020 mm-hmm. and will impact uh, Gen Z. So, mm-hmm. uh, so what else? What else, uh, what other trends do we need to talk about and unpack uh, when it comes to Gen Z? So speaking of the election year, mm-hmm. um, so another of the research I found shows that one in four students, so one out of every four is using marijuana in some capacity. I think that may change what our youth ministries look like. I mean, I was talking to some, some youth workers in California who said we now have to monitor very carefully who brings snacks to youth group mm. and what those snacks look like because there's a product called Weedos that looks like Cheetos. And I just think that might, that's gonna be wow. a different kind of conversation in our student ministries about 
how you balance what's wise and what's legal. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. But the underlying, I think the underlying part of Crystal's point is I think this is a major issue for youth leaders across the country. Oh, for sure. Is how are we dealing with the anxiety coping issue? Mm-hmm. And yep. and how is our how are we either structuring or restructuring our ministries to be a safe place? Mm-hmm. Because having conversations yesterday with mm-hmm. a, a very respected psychologist that we love and adore, her telling me it is it's not epidemic, it's pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think marijuana use Mm -hmm. is simply a symptom Hmm. of an anxiety ridden generation Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's one thing i think we've got to tackle in 2020. so we know how a lot of students nowadays like hiding behind the screen and and will Mm -hmm. prefer you know they'll say more to you via text Mm -hmm. than they will face to face but via text messages they'll open up a whole lot more right so i've seen i'm seeing a lot more advertisements for therapists that you can text. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So it makes me wonder how maybe the church should not necessarily shun students for not wanting to verbally communicate. I mean, yeah, everyone needs to be able to communicate verbally. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But maybe not shun that part of them, but just lean into it to maybe do some kind of, not necessarily, we're not licensed therapists within the church, not all of us, you know, mm-hmm. right. um, but maybe provide some sort of texting ability where if you're experiencing that anxiety or some kind of something maybe not necessarily clinical diagnosis of anxiety um, but you're experiencing some sort of pressures or life and you just need somebody to talk to how can we lean into that you know what can we provide Um, i know within my church one of the things that i used to do every so often was um i would we use a texting system and um i would be on my computer and i would lie and say that i'm sitting here in front of my phone <laughs> but i would text all of our students and say hey it's 3 30 i'll be here in front of my phone until four o'clock text any questions you have mm-hmm. um any things you want to say That's and great. i would literally just i can type it's like office hours say, exactly yeah. right um you know and i would just text mm-hmm. students back and forth it's you know brilliant. and a lot Candace. will come out from there right um it was i confidential and if i needed to look somebody's phone number up because of something they said or say hey mm-hmm. we should continue this and then i would do that but you know what are some ways that we can provide maybe more consistent maybe daily or yeah. you know things for students for them to have that outlet so that they're not eating the weedos and right. is that what it was yeah. called weedos <laughs> candace what you said reminded me of a trend that i've noticed in my own small group and i don't i don't super know what to do with it but it's been interesting and i think it's connected to anxiety that when I plan an event and announce an event early on. There's very little participation. Mm -hmm. But when I text the group and say, I'm going to be at this Starbucks at this address from 3.30 to 4 today, suddenly they all show up. And part of me wonders, is the anxiety of waiting Mm -hmm. or build up or who's going to be at or how long do I have to stay at an event? They just check out. Whereas the spontaneity of let's uh-huh. get together right now. So it just seems to have a better yep. response rate. Wow. I wonder if that's, that's connected to yeah. anxiety. Can I, can I turn the corner on sure. something with what you're saying, Candace? Like, in, as long as you're not disagreeing. No, I'm not. <laughs> but there is, there, is some data, there is some data that suggests that all those students are having a difficult time communicating face-to-face. Part of the reason why Facebook is obsolete Mm-hmm. And that probably should be a PSA for us for youth leaders. <laughs> right. If you mm-hmm. if you're still using Facebook to reach, as it relates to, to teenage students mm-hmm. to, to reach yeah. teenagers, it's obsolete. Twitter is on the downtrend, mm-hmm. but it's 
things like Snapchat, uh, even Instagram is probably becoming or mm-hmm. will become nominal. Mm-hmm. It's being used differently, right? For sure. But Snapchat and then Crystal's favorite thing in the, <laughs> on the planet, TikTok. Part of the reason why, though, all the researchers say that's a big deal is because there is a lean now back toward them being able to have face to face interaction, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's via social media mm-hmm. they're so, using tiktok because they crave the the face-to-face at least they're able to see it yeah and mm-hmm. I, the other thing that i found that was really interesting is that it's temporary it's temporary yeah. yep so if it could go away so if i'm not at my best on it. yeah mm-hmm. there's not as, it's going to go away so i wasn't at my best but nobody's going to ever see that again right. mm-hmm. but i do think it it's almost like generation z going we do want to have relationships mm-hmm. we do want to have relationships mm-hmm. But we we struggle a little mm. bit with that interaction. Thoughts. But as youth workers, that puts us in a tricky place it does. because I feel like you know this. You talk to youth pastors all around the country who have to have policies in place about private communication yep. between volunteers yep. and between church staff yep. and their students. Well, if we completely disallow private communication, we might be disallowing communication Minute, entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yes, and in ministry. So there's a risk issue mm-hmm. there where I'm going. I, yep. I might have to take a legal risk in order for this kid to have a safe place to have a conversation mm-hmm. with an adult. Now do I that gray. do that wisely? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just to keep the conversation going, what other trends? I know we've kind of touched on TikTok. Is there anything else to unpack there as far as social trends, social media trends, I, I should say, that we need to be uh, leaning into in 2020 as youth leaders? I don't know if this will happen everywhere. I see it happening with some of our students on the West Coast. Um, that their grids on Instagram, the perfectly curated photos that stay up forever and used to have palettes are disappearing entirely. And they might have one or two. It's almost like a profile photo, but all the activity happens in the story because like you said, it disappears. It disappears. Yep, I agree. Yep, I leave middle school guys and that's what they do. That Mm -hmm. they have Instagram profiles with one picture and you know, a thousand followers, but it's because everything's either happening happening in the stories or in the DMs, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's definitely uh, where things are slash are continuing to head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Stuart. Oh, I, this isn't along those lines, but I was gonna press more into yeah. the trend thing in the future. A lot of the data is suggesting that 49% of Generation Z is multiracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the year 24, 2045, we've talked about this on a couple mm-hmm. of podcasts, but by the year 2045, if you are Caucasian, you'll be the minority in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with Generation Z being the largest generation, I think, mm-hmm. am I right there? Mm-hmm. The largest generation mm-hmm. right now. Uh, and with 49% of them being multiracial as youth leaders, you better start thinking through how you talk about and think about interracial dating. Mm-hmm. Um, because the vast majority of them not only have no problem dating someone of a different color, but they also are really the the lines are blurring as it relates to someone of, of a different political or yeah. religious persuasion. Totally. So you mm-hmm. can think of all the theological obstacles we may have in youth ministry yeah. about hopefully not interracial, but with mm-hmm. with things like b- being unequally yoked. Yeah. Uh, a non-believer, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, and even just to hone in on specifically the diversity aspect of that, um, I think it's just even more important that we're leaning into that in our ministries because mm-hmm. I think uh, our generation, when it comes to diversity in the church, tend to think, 
Oh, it's a, it's a, it's unfortunately we think it's a nice to have, like if we got it great, mm-hmm. you know, we, mm-hmm. we'll, we hope to be a diverse church. I think for Gen Z diversity is mandatory mm-hmm. that, Hey, mm-hmm. if, if you aren't a diverse church, we're checking out mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. has to, it's, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's, mm. this is not no longer optional. And right. I don't even know if it's Gen Z. I mean, I think about like my husband and I, he's he's Chinese. We chose our church intentionally because one day we'll have kids and we want them to know other kids who look mm. like them yeah. and have leaders who look like them. Mm. Yeah. And I think more and more families are choosing churches based mm. on who who is seen on stage and who is seen in the congregation. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Mm. I, a, another thing to keep the conversation moving, uh, the biggest problems for this generation among 13 to 17 years olds, number one is climate change. Mm-hmm. Number two is social media. Number mm-hmm. three is technology addiction. Mm-hmm. And we're recording this on a day where there's just been a school shooting in Southern California. Number four mm-hmm. is gun violence and school shootings. Yep. Uh, bullying, politics, debt, mental health, laziness, and drugs mm-hmm. are the top 10 mm-hmm. things that the lower half, mm-hmm. not the older half of generation, yeah. but the lower half said those are the things they worry about the most. And mm. even though I, I don't think that this made the list or maybe it did, one of the things that I found in research that I thought was so interesting is that every generation is shaped by some kind of generational trauma, right? For my generation, it was 9-11 and it shaped yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this generation, it was the 2008 mm. financial crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. And the their sense of safety and security at home was shaped financially. And so they are so driven by financial decisions, which means when church camp costs a lot, they are quicker to say, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And one of the reflexes of the 2008 crash of our economy is that they are such an entrepreneur generation, Mm -hmm. which is something we can take advantage of because they want to start something. They love their independent thinking. And I think the youth leader that captures that heart in in kids is going to really be able to do some really incredible things. And that's something you can start in 2020. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we give our kids room Mm-hmm. to be entrepreneurial, to start something, and mm-hmm. you couple that with the fact that they're In so your church s- and outside of it. Exactly, yeah. yes. And you couple that with the fact that they're so socially conscious. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going. Yeah, how do mm-hmm. we go there? Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Yeah, so, you know, because I'm thinking of all the, the youth nowadays who are so into, you know, advocacy, you know, advocating against different issues of social mm-hmm. justice issues and things like that. Um, I see a lot of that. A lot of our students who are, standing who've come alongside um, a cause and are committed to it you know Mm -hmm. and it's so 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 great Um, and it makes me wonder how can we bridge generational gaps from that you know you talked about the the um the the financial crisis right and if you think about um, especially within, you know, the the, the black community, um, think about um, what generation is that? Um, the greatest generation is it? Before, like the World War II generation? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the silent generation, those yeah. were the ones who were youth during civil rights movement, mm-hmm. you know? And the ones, the, the youth led the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was what, 15? When he started, you know, really, really right. getting heavily involved in that, right? So if you take the, the, the people who are now older, 
you know, maybe like 80, 90 or so. And how can we use them as being maybe possible mentors or mm-hmm. influencers in this current generation who are coming alongside um, social justice issues mm-hmm. and also who are the this, this students and are, who have been impacted by the financial crisis, you know, because yeah. they were the, the older generations were the Great Depression, you know? Mm-hmm. So how can we maybe have some kind of conversation there? But a lot of the students today might not necessarily be too aware um, yeah. when it comes to the financial crisis piece of how it might impact them um, in the same way that some students today might realize how Black Lives Matter matters mm-hmm. impacts them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a quote by Josh Miller, who's a part of XYZ University. Here's what he says about Generation Z. Um, and I think this is something that youth leaders should ask is how do we capitalize on their disruption? because mm-hmm. they are disruptors. Yeah. Yep. He says, to Generation Z, disruption is the norm. Mm-hmm. We've been exposed to global flaws and issues our entire lives, giving us the ability to understand the problems that need to be solved. We're also skeptical, mm-hmm. challenging preconceived notions about how the world should work. And this leads, I love this, he said, this leads to innovation, problem solving, and new ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Instead of us being doom and gloom, I hope and pray that what we'll think about in 2020 is how do we use their propensity toward being disruptors yeah. mm-hmm. to to their game, but also the greater yeah. good of the world. Because what and what we're really talking about here, I'm processing this as we're as we're discussing this, obviously. But like when we say 2020 trends, what how do we lean into that? What we're really saying is how do we lean into what matters to them? That's mm-hmm. all we're talking mm-hmm. about right. here. Is, right. Hey, yep. what matters to them? And I think sometimes. I'm talking to myself too, as youth leaders, we're tempted to talk about, especially from stage, what matters to us and what's on Mm -hmm. our heart. And like, hey, God put this on my heart. I think this is just a chance to pause and say, you know, for lack of a better phrase, what what's on their heart? Like going back to that list that you just mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, uh, the the list of 10 Mm -hmm. things there, Mm -hmm. Stuart, like how often are we being uh, conscientious askers of what's on their Mm -hmm. heart, what matters to them, what's and, you know, trending in their mm-hmm. world this year and leaning into that because that's what they care about. And if we talk about what they care about, there's a greater chance that they're gonna lean in back. I have I have gained leverage with my own children. I no longer make jokes about straws in restaurants. I don't mm-hmm. use a straw in a restaurant mm-hmm. because they are so passionate about it. And we've gone from buying packs of water bottles to going, plasticless in our house Mm -hmm. and you would have you would think i have just become the most socially conscious person on the planet Mm. but by our daughters but it's just simply because they're teaching me Mm. like Mm. that's something good that i can do because what they're thinking it's not stupid to them they're thinking you're leaving me a world where Mm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a like a year coming up where half of the ocean will be filled with plastic yeah Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah yeah Yeah. Or a third of the ocean, maybe not half the ocean. And we, let's we be honest, even if you <laughs> think that that's all made up, mm-hmm. even right, if you think it's right. all garbage, if we can't give up plastic straws <laughs> to reach the next generation, right. like we have a problem. Yeah. That's not that big of a deal. There's an Andy Stanley quote, what's the next generation worth? And, and it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. I think Except- we need to tweak it. What's the next generation worth? Plastic, plastic straws. straws. That's, that's someone, right. Hey, someone at Andy and just uh, with that, please. Okay, can we talk about a trend I really hope does not go away in 2020? TikTok. Let's okay, it. but TikTok. I love it so much. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. I love oh, you were serious. Whoa. Okay, no, that wasn't my answer. I just oh, got distracted oh. because Stuart said it and I was like, oh yeah, I should just go scroll TikTok. Forget all this. 
but I see it on TikTok and it is that trend towards authenticity mm-hmm. oh, and yes. nothing being overproduced yeah. and being like, like your quote said, skeptical yeah. of things that are overproduced. I am constantly watching Snapchat videos and TikTok videos of these kids going, I don't have a date because I'm not cool. That's it. That's the end of the story. It's not a joke. Or sharing things that I wouldn't have shared three years into a small group mm-hmm. because I'm a millennial and it had to be polished and perfect. Our friend Chef, who is often on the podcast, I heard him recently say for the first time, the next generation needs most what they want most. Oh, that's and good. They need wow. authenticity to build these like real relationships with Jesus followers and it's what they crave. So honestly, in some ways, that trend makes ministry easier for us because mm-hmm. we don't have to lean into the polished and try to get past that wall. They want to start past that wall. So while we're on authenticity, can we just talk about some of the language for a second? Yes. One of the things Some of your language? (laughs) Like slang and stuff. We've been meaning to talk to you about that, Candice. I thought you were going to confess. I'm sorry, I'm (laughs) sorry. So, but one of the things that really just drives me crazy is when people try to be cool by using younger people's language. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things when if you ask and you learn about it to understand, you know, that's cool. But if you're just trying to speak it just to be cool and Mm -hmm. to be relevant, then it it looks inauthentic. It's weird. And and it's very, very weird, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So one of the things that I, I mean, in my generation, we did not talk like the students do today, and I still say some of the slang words that we used to say back in the day. For me, um, what, was, what was one of those words? Joint, not like a. Oh, I was like, not oh. like a joint, joint, but oh. say, hand me that joint over Are there. We talking back? You know, about- it's like another way of saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. You know, yeah, right? Really? Um, mm-hmm. That's what we used to thing. say in DC. Um, we used to say joint. But when you're talking with students, it's important to understand the slang that they they're using, so you know what they're saying right, and they're yeah. talking about. So yeah. it's important to get clarity for that. But not just so you can throw it in the middle of a message and right. and use it in because all of a sudden students are looking like yeah. this is so not you right. you know and they're able to know that so right. it's important for us to just know the language so that we're able to really understand what they're talking about mm-hmm. but not necessarily if it's not you if it's you then use it but if it's not you yeah. you be try you. too and hard and if you don't know it's okay to ask it is I ask my girls all the time like hey can a can a thirty seven year old grown person say dope. And they'll tell me whether it's cool or not or okay or weird or not okay. They'll tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, we could keep going down the trends rabbit hole. And, right. and obviously, there's a lot more to unpack here. But this was kind of just a starting place and mm-hmm. really just the start of a conversation. We'll continue to unpack some of these trends and stuff throughout 2020 here on Rethinking Youth Ministry. But more than that, this was just a way to get the conversation going maybe uh, in, in your mind and uh, you, you, the listener's mind. Like, hey, we really do need to be plugged into and be leaning in and caring about what's going on in our students' lives in 2020. Uh, and, uh, and this was just a little taste of that. It may be good too to interject as we land the plane that some of what we're talking about as well will ebb and flow based on where you live. Yeah, That's super totally. true. There are some point. communities in our country that aren't as progressive as others. Right. And mm-hmm. so it could it could be that you're listening this or watching this and going, you guys are crazy. Yeah, totally. Well, That's A, crazy. it's coming. Mm-hmm. But B, you also, another reason why you have to be a culturalist for where you live, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it, it does. It ebbs and flows depending on where what part of the country That's you live. That's a great point. 
I also think we should go back and listen to this episode sometime next December and that see if we're amazing. right. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope the word dope comes back. <laughs> I was listening to, in prepping for this, I was listening to our episode uh, from 2018 about mm-hmm. Gen Z and we were talking about like how big uh, Instagram stories are and like how like, mm-hmm. oh, this new thing that's kind of just now really picking up steam and it's just wow. like, wow, we sound really dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just it's how uh, quick culture moves that it, it really is mm-hmm. and it's just an indicator that hey we need to be having these conversations often repeatedly we can't just do this once and, and move I know, on. Hey, I know i know we were wanting to finish but i do too but i guess i'm doing good because no you go you go first i was just gonna ask doesn't some of this though speak to how mobile and agile our ministries need to be like mm-hmm. we get so were you thinking that? same thing same thing you probably will say it better go oh you're <laughs> hilarious i was thinking both about our ministries and even what we do here each week I mean, we we write this curriculum for middle schoolers and high schoolers and just in order to get it done we have to work on it a little bit a year out work on it completely six months out it's published six months out from when we use it and just yesterday we were having this conversation of when we publish six months out, we are missing the curve on what what culture is saying. And do we need to go back in six weeks out yeah. and tweak things culturally just to meet students where they are? Because we can't depend on a trend still being around right. six months mm-hmm. later. Yep. Thank you very much, Fidget Spinners, yeah. which came Sh- and went in Shameless three weeks. plug. It's the reason why with Influencer, we write content the week of. Yeah because we want to be- I do love that. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It puts a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on you, but we because we think we have to be connected to where students are. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Influencer, because I know uh, Stuart's not gonna plug this much more than that himself. But, but you're wearing a shirt yeah, and that's I am, cool. this is an Influencer <laughs> shirt if you're, if you're watching this. Um, but uh, Influencer is a program that youth leaders can uh, jump into that actually helps mobilize and raise the next generation of student leaders. It's a program specifically for student, student leaders and where can they learn more about this? com. Wow. Influencer.com. I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R.com. Go, oh, CJ. I'll put a link in the show <laughs> yeah, notes. Yeah. 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 yeah it, we can't spell, but we're trying <laughs> right. to help you. Right. Uh, and with that, again, we could keep on going down the rabbit hole of trends, but we'll stop it here for now. And uh, we'll be back next week with another conversation. And I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about this kind of stuff as well. So I want to uh, thank you three for joining us for this conversation. I think this was a really great place to kick off 2020. Mm -hmm. And thank you for joining us, uh, for listening and watching this week's episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. The conversation doesn't have to stop here. We would love to know what we missed. The big thing for 2020 that we left out. And the best place to do that is to join the conversation that's happening in our Facebook group. And you can find a link to our Facebook at rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.